0: Let's continue our reading in 1 Samuel 30, so we'll pick up the reading at verse 21. Then David came to the 200 men who had been too exhausted to follow David and who had been left at the brook Besaw. They went out to meet David and to meet the people who were with him. And when David came near to the people, he greeted them. Then all the wicked and worthless fellows among the men who had gone with David said, Because they did not go with us, we will not give them any of the spoil that we have recovered, except that each man may lead away his wife and children and depart. But David said, You shall not do so, my brothers, with what the Lord has given us. He has preserved us and given into our hands the band that came against us. Who would listen to you in this matter? For as his share who goes down into the battle, so shall his share be who stays with the baggage. They shall share alike. And he made it a statute and a rule for Israel from that day forward to this day. When David came to Ziklag, he sent part of the spoil to his friends, the elders of Judah, saying, here is a present for you from the spoil of the enemies of the Lord. It was for those in Bethel, in Ramoth of the Negev, in Jatir, in Arawa, in Sifmoth, in Eshtemoa, in Rakal, in the cities of the Jerhamilites, in the cities of the Kenites, in Horma, in Borashan, in Athak, in Hebron, for all the places where David and his men had roamed. David here found himself in a very distressing situation. And it's a situation that required immediate and energetic action he and the army of 600 had returned to Ziklag to find it burnt to the ground in their absence by the Amalekites. And all their property gone, all their families gone, everything. The scripture has a way of writing large, writing life large. And though we don't face the exact same circumstances that David did here, yet we do from time to time face distresses, and difficulties, and painful experiences at any time of our life. Experiences that perhaps require of us energetic and urgent action. What can the scriptures say to us in this case? What are some of the things that David did doing in response to the tragedy that had happened? Let's have a look at these. Uh, three areas. Three areas. He strengthened himself in the Lord his God, it's verse 6. He prayed, verses 7 to 8, and he gave glory to God, verse 23. But first, let's sketch, sketch a bit of the background to our text. David had been taken from following the sheep in order to shepherd the people of God. Just as Jesus took the fishermen from fishing in order to be fishers of men. So this shepherd was taken to be the shepherd of the people of God. He was anointed by Samuel when Saul was still king because Saul had failed as the leader of the people. And David had gone into the service of Saul after the famous fight with Goliath. But Saul had become jealous of David and suspicious of him and he had outlawed him. And he tried to hunt him down. There attached themselves to David at this time, a band of men and women, uh, the band of 600 men, whom the scripture describes as, in this 1 Samuel 22, and everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, everyone who was bitter in soul, gathered to him. And he became captain over them. That's the 600 that are mentioned here. And then his courage seemed to fail him. For we read in 1 Samuel 27 that David said in his heart that one day he would perish by the hand of Saul. So he went to take refuge in the land of the Philistines, the enemies of God's people at Achish with the king of Gath. And the king of Gath was only too ready to receive him and to give him and the 600 men and their families, this town called Ziklag, to live in. David was there about one year and four months the scriptures would say earlier on. And David and his men at this time would secretly make raids on the enemies of the people of God. And on this occasion uh, that, that would be preceded in the, in the chapter earlier and in, in this occasion now, he was asked to go to war with Achish against Judah. Can you imagine it? King David going out to fight with the Philistines against his own people. What would he do? <laughs> but here the good providence of God stepped in. and The Philistines sent him away. Back to his town of Ziklag. And it's there that we pick up the account in chapter 30. David return to find the town destroyed by a marauding band of these Amalekites. It would have been three days journey home to Ziklag. David and his army would have set out in high spirits. On the third day as they got nearer, they might have expected the lookout from the town to have announced their arrival in the town. They might have expected to hear uh, some celebration going on and uh, some joy coming from the the town. But it must have been eerily silent. And then perhaps as they rounded a hill, they saw the smoke. They could smell the burnt timbers. They could smell the burnt hides of the tents. And so in verse 3, so David and his men came to the city. There it was, burnt with fire. And their wives, their sons, their daughters had been taken captive. They wept till there were no more tears left in them to shed. And in their distress, they blamed David. They wanted to stone him. Let's see the things that he did then. He strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He set the immediate circumstances aside and he looked to God. It must have required a huge effort of will to take his mind off that smoldering ruin in front of him. And to turn the eyes of his soul towards God, he took his mind's eye of what might have happened to the women and children, and to all the others left behind in Ziklag. An effort of will, but a necessary one. He got the bigger picture. He was able to place himself in God's presence. Maybe confession of sin. And repentance were necessary for him. He had sought shelter with the enemies of God's people. He very nearly found himself on their side against Judah. He had led this band of followers in the wrong way. Out of Judah. To the Philistines. Perhaps even more immediately. He left the town and the women and children unguarded. And perhaps... His sins and the thoughts of them crowded in on him, as is so often the case for us at times of distress and trouble. He may have confessed to God and sought and received forgiveness, and he looked to God. God is all-powerful. There is just nothing he cannot do. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? And marked off the heavens with a span. Enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains and scales and the hills in a balance. Who has measured the spirit of the Lord or what man shows him his counsel. Behold the nations are like a drop from a bucket and are accounted as the dust on the scales. Behold he takes up the coastlands like fine dust. He steadied himself and looked to God. And God is all suffering. There is nothing that happens by chance in this world. So, in times of trouble, we may not know what is happening. But it's an immense comfort to know that God is in control, that we're not at the mercy of blind fate or a universe that is careening out of control and threatening to crush us in its path. He sees that God is all-loving. Yes, as a father, he might discipline us, but it is as a father. We know that God is love, as we were thinking this morning, with a deep, deep love for us. And he is able and willing to show us that love. His love is powerful and active. He's our redeemer. In Old Testament times they looked back to the great act of redemption in the Exodus. But we in our New Testament times have a far greater redemption to consider. Not just the historical act of God, but one that has present power Consequences, the death of Christ. So David looked to the rock of his salvation. In times of distress or trouble, even when they require urgent, immediate action, let's steady ourselves upon the rock of our salvation. Upon our knowledge of Jesus, our Savior. So David breathed again. Worn out from his weeping, he looked up and he strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. And then he prayed. He prayed. In these circumstances, uh, this immediate, urgent action was needed, but David still prayed. He'd learned not to trust his own instincts. Uh, His own instincts would have had him charge off after these Amalekites uh, straight away. But he'd learnt to rely upon God. And so he prayed. He wanted to know what God would have him to do. As it turned out, it was the Lord's purposes to set out after the Amalekites. In times of difficulty, we should take time to pray even if urgent action is needed. And we don't have this hotline to heaven that David seemed to have have, had on this occasion. But we do need to pray. We need to seek the Lord's help. And we need to seek the Lord's guidance, perhaps from his word. And so the Lord rescued David here from being stoned by his men. uh, And uh, almost incidentally, he rescued the line of the Messiah. He rescued the Messiah's ancestor from being stoned by his men. Know that the Lord hears and he answers our prayers. He's a heavenly father to his children and when we come to pray to him, he strongly desires to hear our prayers. The Lord works in our life situations through prayer. Even though we don't know exactly what to say to him or exactly what to ask, he gives according to our need. Even though we can't see what the way out might be of our situation, he can and he will work in our life for that answer. He doesn't always take the painful circumstances away, but he's able to change us. Remember Paul's thorn in the flesh. It wasn't just a splinter that he'd picked up in his finger. It was something that was very disturbing to him. It was life-changing for him. It was a life-changing injury, perhaps, that he had suffered. Maybe a spiritual injury. Maybe a, 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 a desperate psychological condition. Maybe a terrible depression that visited him from time to time. And Paul pleaded with God to take it away from him. He was deeply affected by it, yet God did not take it away, but said, my grace is sufficient for you. By that, he meant that the Lord would give him whatever it needed for Paul, not only to survive the thorn in the flesh, but to be victorious in it. It was grace. It was from God. Paul couldn't summon up in himself the ability to cope with whatever it was, but God could. He prayed and his strength came as an answer to prayer. David couldn't summon up in himself the desires, the, the godly desires, uh, the repentance even, the, the confession. That was needed at this time, and yet God provided for him. He gave glory to God. It's the third thing he did. In the context, David needed to act immediately. could have been that God would have routed the Amalekites in the same way that he did the Assyrians outside Jerusalem. Remember, uh, much later on than David, the Assyrian army camped against Jerusalem, And Hezekiah and Isaiah, the prophet, they prayed to the Lord. It's a huge army. There's there's no chance they could have overcome it. And the Lord dealt with them. Uh, They arose. And the next day, they were all dead bodies outside of the camp. God could have dealt with these Amalekites in exactly the same way. But the Lord told David to pursue them and David couldn't do it alone he needed the help of others And the Lord does sometimes act completely by himself uh, but often uh, maybe usually he acts through human agency uh, think of the great commission for example hear the command to evangelize the world to make disciples to baptize God uses, uses human agents to do this his own people like you and me. The Lord so often uses human agency, and so he did here. He sent David with the army, a small army, 600 men, uh, to fight and to chase the Amalekites. This army of 600, uh, they were more like an armed band of, uh, or a band of armed discontents. Uh, Everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, everyone who was bitter in his soul, gathered to him and he became captain over them. What a gang of men. Can you imagine it? But now they set out as one man in pursuit of their families to rescue them. And so they did by the Lord's providence. When they got to the brook Besor. 200 of them were so exhausted that they couldn't possibly make it there, and they very probably would have been a liability to the others if they'd taken them with him. And so they remained there at the brook. And when they returned after the victory, after the fight with the Amalekites, when they returned, these 200 greeted the army on their return with great enthusiasm. And although it was a great victory with reduced forces, David gave all the glory to God. It's verse 23. But David said, uh, you shall not do so, my brothers, with what the Lord has given us. He has preserved us and given into our hand the band that came against us. So David, even with this, this masterstroke that it must have been, Uh, Even with the reduced forces, uh, he gave the glory to God, not to himself. We've faced great difficulty. We've prayed, God has given us the victory. What shall we do then? We shall give him all due credit. We shall give thanks to God. How did that work out here? We see David's great generosity. He gave away much of the spoil that he captures to his friends in Judah. But he was also very generous to his own men, and especially the 200 who had been unable to go with them. They couldn't fight with the Amalekites because they were so exhausted. So David was generous to God. He acknowledged. God before men, and so God acknowledged him. He was rich towards God. That's quoting from the Lord in Luke 12. And David's praise and his love of God was mirrored by his love of his men. There's something very Christ-like, isn't there? Something very Christ-like in his love for Uh, This small army, this uh, armed bunch of discontents, he was no local warlord. He's an honourable and righteous man. The man who is Christ-like in his leadership of God's people. When God has rescued us from our present trouble, we need to give glory to him. Uh, It may be from a very specific circumstance. But in more general terms, we need to know that he's rescued us from the death and from the misery of a life, uh, a life that's rather like these smoldering ruins that Ziklag was. He's rescued us. How will that rescue affect us? We need to know it. We need to know that he's rescued us. We need to acknowledge it. We need to acknowledge that Jesus did it all. It is all God's work. So we need to be rich towards God. To give all thanks and all praise to him. But wouldn't it be a horrible sin to love God like this, but to reject our neighbor and to hate them in effect? So David made it a statute in Israel that day for as his share who is for as his share is who goes down to the battle, so shall be his share who stays with the baggage they shall share alike and he made it a statute and a rule for Israel from that day forward to this day. that comes right down to this day, doesn't it? Uh, We were talking about it at dinner time. It comes forward down to this day. The statue comes down to our own day too. Uh, Think about Paul's collection for the poor at Jerusalem. Uh, Those who were unable to provide for themselves. Uh, The burden partly fell upon the rest of the people of God. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 12 to 14. If the ear should say to the eye, I'm not an eye, then the ear is no less a part of the body. If one section of God's people should say, I, I'm too weak, uh, I, I can't really do anything in, in God's kingdom, uh, they are no less part of God's body and they shall share and share alike with the spoils of God's people. We are all part of this body of Christ and individually members of it. The weakest and the poorest are no less a part of the body of Christ than the ones who are strong and healthy spiritually in God's service. So let us give all praise and all thanks to God to acknowledge the great victory for our own rescue, but also in times of trouble, of distress, of hurt that have come upon us when we've steadied ourselves looking to God, we've cried out to God for help, and the Lord has delivered us in one way or another. Let us give praise and thanks to him. Let us be rich towards God in this. So David needed to make an immediate response to his situation. He strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He prayed. Yes, he had to rely on others. And and God gave him the great victory. And he gave all the glory to God. We too, when we face times of trouble or distress, we stay ourselves on the rock of our salvation. We pray, we remember and give the glory to God. Amen. Let's pray. O Lord, our God, who is great, who is almighty, and who is the rock of our salvation. Help us, Lord, to steady ourselves upon you and to look to you, to take our eyes off present circumstances, however serious they may be. Help us too to pray to you, Lord. And thank you for your answers to prayers. We will give all glory and praise to you. This we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.